Are we recording? Oh yeah! It's like <laughs> a year from now. Macho. Oh man, that's Vincy. I like that my kids know that I'm healthy and strong and fit, and that their mom is healthy and strong and fit. Going, okay, I can still get better without having to do a max effort every single day. Smashing yourself on the roller for uh, an hour, right? you're good by the next day as long as you had a sandwich and a net. Yeah, so I think, uh, first of all, we should probably define what we mean by strong enough just to give it a little bit more context and then dive into the points that we want to discuss. Yeah. The Are we recording? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. But um, this, the idea of strong enough is depends on what your goals are, right? Like we talk about it in specific to the sport of fitness. Right. So right. if we're trying to be strong enough for whatever level that you're at or whatever level you want to be at, right, it's it's a very nuanced conversation about how much time you're gonna to put towards training specifically for strength and what your goals are. Right. Right. So what what is the definition of being strong enough? Because no one thinks they are, right? Like Tom, are you strong enough? Well, I feel that I'm strong enough now, but yeah. when I first started, that was a obvious concern of mine. And I was telling you guys the example of how the first time I didn't PR my snatch when I was working with Mike, I had sent him an email immediately and was like, I didn't PR my snatch. Is that okay? And he just wrote back, I haven't PR'd my snatch in three years. You'll be okay. And that was it. So uh, I think it's a common belief amongst people who are competitive or want to be competitive that they're constantly worried about what their strength numbers are and even if they are already really strong they're afraid of losing those numbers yeah if the numbers don't go up something's wrong right right that's i mean you're training it then why doesn't it go up well i mean it doesn't always go up forever right at some point you're doing as much or more work to keep it where it is right depending on your training age too if you've been training with heavy barbells for 10 years right you're going to be working just as hard after 10 years to stop it from going down like that's that's just how it works right well within crossfit anyways specifically so i think it's probably safe to say that uh strong enough would be relative to the the rest of the competition to which you're competing against do you know what i mean at whatever level yeah, that your, is, your whether it's locally whether it's are, sanctional there's certain metrics you have to hit mm -hmm. to be able to compete at that level. Well, you right? have to get your foot in the door. Yeah. Right. Are you strong enough to get your foot in the door? And then that's that's number one. Sure. Right. Are you strong enough to be competitive at that level? That's number two. And then do you even care about winning the strength events? Is that relevant if you're smashing all the other events? Yeah, because it's you, only part of it, right? It's only part of it, right? Are you strong enough to not finish last in those events? then you're probably strong enough, right? And that's it. That's where the, where the definition starts to come down to. It's like, are you strong enough to not finish last? Good. Okay, then let's not worry about it anymore. So then what would, the, what would it look like in terms of allocation of time to strength training then um, for an individual? Uh, and, and kind of, I guess, what factors would, would factor into that? Well, I mean... We always go into the individual and the individual's goals, um, which are very different for every single person. The the big 
the big factors are their age, including their training age, right? Their gender makes a massive difference on how quickly they're going to develop raw strength potentially. Um, just before we carry on, just defining training age for those of you who don't understand what that what that definition is. It's just essentially how many years uh, you have under your belt uh, strength training, basically. Mm-hmm. So, um, for example, I've been training consistently, I can safely say, for nine years. Consistently mm-hmm. training, you know, on a regular basis, three to three, four or five times a week. Um, someone like another client we have, Annalise, for example, she's probably has a training age of about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. She's, I think, 18 years old, really started training probably when she was like 16. So her training age would be a year and a half. Mine would be 10 years. Yeah. I mean, and you can even have the um, 40 year old dude who's coming in off the, like, finding that he wants to get back in shape right and trained for 10 years when he was young and then worked his butt off to support his family say for 10 years and then comes back into it and it's like okay what's his training age yeah right then that that's a variable or say the 40 year old mom who comes in the kids are finally out of the house and what's her training age right so a young or a small low training age rather is going to see dramatic increases even if they are 40 right right so if you're in your first two years of strength training that line of progress is going to be almost vertical mm-hmm. right yeah for sure but like other other things like your goals if someone is um i i like to use the example of the uh two of the, the more mature women that i train in the mornings right like they're in their 60s and their goals are to stay strong yeah Right, and they're gaining some strength, but realistically, if you're an an older woman, you're trying to maintain strength and bone density and everything like that. That makes a huge difference on how you approach training for strength. Yeah, right. We talk about that a lot in our fitness camps. Just uh, at the point where you're trying to slow the regression, right? So there's yeah. a point in time where you're going to continue to improve. You're, you're going to you're going to improve your aerobic capacity. You're going to improve uh, your strength. But at a certain point, specifically strength, starts to peter off. And it's at that point where you just, you're really trying to put the brakes on yeah. just to slow how fast that happens, right? Just to sustain that, that like you said, that muscle mass, that bone density, stuff yeah. like that, right? I mean, and lifestyle has a massive impact on that. And unfortunately, sure. with the modern lifestyle, we don't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't have to. We just, we, we build places where we go and do work. Yeah. We, we go to the gym, which is really contrived but because our modern lifestyle doesn't demand anything of us um and then finally one of the biggest things is how much time you have to invest in training each week right like if you only have three one hour blocks and it, it lines up with your goals that you need to get stronger what are you going to do every single day you're strength training yeah you have to right because again outside of the gym you're not lifting anything more than 50 pounds like most people aren't, yeah. right? But inside the gym, 50 pounds is nothing. Yeah. You have to lift heavier than that. Yeah. So I guess the next uh, the next thing <clears throat> kind of talk about would be oh, it, it kind of in the same vein, but just how much time is invested into strength training and then what the cost of that 
Yeah, the recovery cost would be yeah exactly. Right? So how much how much can you do in a week for training volume if all of it is strength training? Right. Again, it goes back to well, how many days are you doing it? Yeah. Right. If you're training three days a week, it becomes less of an issue. Obviously, there's yeah. going to be some recovery time that has to happen there. But if you're if you have to really get strong, um, but you're training five six days a week, then it, then it you really have to start planning it appropriately, right? Yeah. Well, I, I look at it like if you're training three days a week, you're you're training the maximum amount of strength that you can in that week. And if you go to five or six days a week, you're probably not training much more than in the strength regard mm-hmm. than the person that's training three days a week mm-hmm. because you can't fit much more heavy lifting. Yeah. In. But just in terms of the, the additional stuff that you're throwing into those two or three extra days of the training five or six days a week, has, it has to be really... Um, you just have to be really careful with with what you're doing so that one it doesn't influence uh, the strength training and two so it doesn't affect the it affect the recovery even more so in a neg- in a negative way yeah. like that I mean if you take into account um, how much time you invest into strength training with regards to how much rest you need to take between sets right how much warm-up you need to do to get to get yourself prepared for it right a significant portion of your time while strength training is recovering anyways mm-hmm. right whereas if you if you are trying to get stronger you need to do that right if you are strong enough right you can dial back the amount of time that you spend training to a maintenance level for strength and you can dramatically ramp up the amount of time you spend on aerobic training right because that's the system that allows you to be strong when you're tired mm-hmm. and the, co- the recovery cost of like you said smashing yourself on the rower for uh an hour right you're good by the next day yeah. as long as you had a, a sandwich and a nap <laughs> right like you're fine yeah you have enough have some water have a nap you're okay yeah um whereas if you do a really heavy one hour strength session you're fried yeah for three days there's just more neurological demand for yeah. that style yeah. of training. More demand on your tendons, more demand, like all the connective tissue in your body, yeah. right? You are, in theory, doing more muscular damage, like, I mean, that you're supposed to be doing. Um, not the bad kind of damage, the good yeah. kind of damage. Not yeah, enough to elicit a positive response. Yeah, um, but it you have to recover from that before you do it again. There's no way around it. Yeah. Right, and if you don't, then you're actually just digging yourself a hole yeah. towards injury. So, when you start going, oh, I am strong enough, right? Now I can invest half as much time in my training for strength as I used to, which means I have way more time to get better at the things that also take a lot of time to get better mm-hmm. at. Right? There's no shortcut in getting better at um, the aerobic anything. You just have to invest that time. Yeah. And that stuff is equally as important as being strong enough when you're talking in the context of of competing in the sport of fitness. Yeah, yeah right? but it's it's once you get your foot in the door at the level that you want to compete at, I think all of us would start to say it's more important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? absolutely. Because yeah. strength events are generally in the sport of CrossFit um, a small portion of the total score. They're usually done under fatigue right and also they're generally not the first event yeah so if you smash yourself on the first event and your aerobic capacity isn't there to recover for your between events for your second event which would be the strength events let's mm-hmm. say 
in this scenario, then you're not strong, no matter how strong you are. Right. Right. You're just not recovered. Yeah. Like we were talking about it before we kind of came on the air here, but just historically at the CrossFit Games, like the strength events have been in the vein of weightlifting. Yeah. Right. A couple of years ago, they did the, the CrossFit total. Yeah. Which was, that was really kind of, that was the first time they've ever done that from what I can recall. And then back in, I think, 2009, maybe they won a max deadlift. And I know they did that again as recently as three years ago when they went to the yeah. ranch, right? Yeah. But most of the strength style events, like you said, are, are done under fatigue, yeah, right? The, so are you strong enough and are you strong enough while tired to be relevant? Yeah, like the max deadlift a couple of years ago was after the 7K run, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, that matters. Yeah. Right? I mean... If I recall correctly, Sam Dancer still walked away with it, mm-hmm. right? But, I mean, it was surprising to see some of the how the other people played out and how quickly they recovered after running. He walked away with it, but I think he nearly finished last in the run. Yeah. yeah. And, and then he pulled out shortly after that, right? Yeah, because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he got injured, like, something with his knee or tibia. He had, like, yeah, a yeah. Actually, that ankle went quite far in it that year. Yeah, he did the, go pretty far. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, it's out in the weeds. Yeah, getting out there. Um, but yeah, and, and then just kind of touching on what Tom alluded to earlier with his story about the snatch and the first time that he didn't PR a snatch, uh, the the frequency and, and significance of strength gains um, will decrease over time as your training age increases. And that's just the natural uh, process of it. Um, so take for someone who's brand new. So just take Tom's story. Uh, he was relatively new to training in general, I think, at that time, right? And he's training for the sport of fitness. And he starts working with Mike, and Mike's a smart dude, and he's progressing him in an appropriate manner. And initially, I'm assuming it's very simple linear progressions and stuff. And, and just with that simple approach, Tom gets better. Every time he tests something, he's getting better, he's getting stronger. And that happens to a point. And that point is when Tom, and it's different for everybody, but Tom's been training long enough now that he's not always going to PR, PR when he tests a strength a strength metric. Yeah, the the only thing that I've uh, PR'd recently was my back squat, but it had been three years since that happened, and I think the only reason I had PR'd it was the last time I tested it, it was with like a four-second eccentric right. tempo. right. right. But as far as snatch and clean and jerk, I've gotten very close to previous numbers within five pounds of them, but I have not actually exceeded yeah. my best ever. And yeah. It's been, yeah, like I said, three years. Yeah. So the frequency will, will just, it'll start decrease. The frequency at, the frequency at which you, you hit new personal bests is going to decrease. And then also on top of that, the, the magnitude or the significance of those strength gains will also start to decrease. So... An example of that is Tom hits a snatch of 185 pounds. I mean, first time he tested it with Mike, for example. I don't know what it was, but just take that as a number. And then the second time he hits it, it's now 205. And then the next time he hits it, he hits 215. But now those the significance of those uh, one rep maxes or personal bests are starting to get smaller and smaller and smaller the more that he trains. And that's... That's just the natural progression of how, of how it goes. So the frequency decreases and also the magnitude and how how much you increase your max lifts by typically decreases over time as well. And how much time do you think it would take 
to go, let's say, Tom, we need you to add 10 pounds to all of your lifts. How much time invested in training would that take? Uh, it would take 100% of that, I think. So then what would you do with the rest of your fitness? It would go down. <laughs> I'd have to take time off from other fitness activities and focus solely on strength, and it may only get 5% better. Is it worth it? Not if I want to compete in CrossFit. Well, what if, what level do you want to compete at? That's also true. Yeah. So if I want to compete at a sanctional level, then I obviously have to invest time more so in fitness. Yeah, so it comes down to, I mean there's going to be some thresholds and it might be worth it to temporarily go hey let's cut out all of this and if you want to make it to that next threshold of strength then maybe you have to do that for a, a short while yeah. right but that would probably be with somebody that's low training age yeah that you would want to do that yeah i mean i don't know i i that's the obvious example yeah. but if someone's hanging out around that bubble right of their pretty strong they're pretty proficient and then like what is is it strength that's stopping them from going to the next level if that's the case then it might be worth it but like i think we were talking about this earlier it's like if you're strong enough at one level it's probably not absolute strength that's holding you back to going to the next level right it's probably not it's right probably your score across all of the events mm -hmm. not just one of them but it's just a matter of how much time you can invest and what you're sacrificing to do it. So if Tom wants to add 10 pounds to everything, then you're not rowing for a while. You're yeah. not running for a while. And you're going to eat a lot of cheeseburgers. Sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. That's why people do that, man. It's so fun. That's why it's, a, it's addicting to constantly add five pounds to everything and eat cheeseburgers. Yeah. I think I'm just going to go to weightlifting now. Yeah, that's that's an entire sport. <laughs> Put five or four pounds on there and go eat a cheeseburger. It's an entire sport. And then coaching it is way easier too because don't you just sit in a chair and like yell yeah. at people from across the gym? More weight. Chair? Do that again, but heavier. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the frequency and significance of the, the strength gains, like the how often you PR and how big your PRs are, um, like I, I'm gonna use myself as an example. Uh, for some movements, if you take away the extra strength training, not gonna say extra, a significant portion of the specific strength training, like deadlifting and back squats, something that I had to take out and let go down, like let my my numbers go down. I was able to spend more time on improving the movements that were more beneficial for CrossFit, right? And there was a lot less demand on my body for recovery. My positional strength improved, um, and I was able to put 20 pounds on my snatch, which is not normal when you've been training as long as I have, right? And how long did that take, did you say? Uh, less than a year, yeah. right? And I was able to comfortably do it multiple times and be like, oh, cool, like this is my new normal. Um, don't ask me to ever deadlift what I used to deadlift because that's not going to happen. Um, but I was okay with that because it wasn't important in CrossFit. Right? right. Like it was just, you take away some strength training from a movement that is less valued and you put it towards something that is more valued in the sport. Right. Yeah. And so to give people a kind of an idea, if you don't know Jason, 
his squatting numbers and his deadlifting numbers are very good for an endurance athlete for an endurance athlete <laughs> yes exactly in the context of fitness <laughs> however his weightlifting numbers could probably well could be elevated to try and get closer to his like what we would, we would compare it to a front squat that's kind of how we measure all the strength metrics we compare to the front squat so jason's weightlifting numbers could be higher percentage-wise towards his front squat so he had to, his focus didn't have to be on squatting it had to be on weightlifting so he could relinquish some of the the time invested in squatting and put that towards his weightlifting to him to try and narrow that gap a little bit mm-hmm. now an opposite example would be me who is terrible at squatting and his weightlifting my weightlifting numbers are actually quite close to my front squat uh like my percentages are quite close to what my front squat is and so for me to improve my weightlifting i need to get stronger so i need i need to invest more time into squatting and deadlifting because my deadlift's not strong either but more time invested into that and take less time away from weightlifting because personally i think proficient proficiency wise or from my weightlifting me personally i think my weightlifting is proficient enough that i can take time away from that maybe hit each major lift once a week but invest that time that i would do like a third weightlifting day and and instead of doing a weightlifting day now i'm doing squatting and or deadlifting on that day just to try and get more squatting and pulling volume i think that's it's all a very specific to the sport of fitness too as, as opposed to if you are an olympic weightlifter as your sport then guess what you're going to squat and you're going to pull and you're going to do all the assistance exercises for the main lifts and you're not going to sacrifice it for being able to do more muscle-ups right Right. like that's not part of the sport so don't even think about it right or even powerlifting it's the same idea why are you snatching if you're a powerlifter you're not Yeah, so the so the applicability of, of, of being strong and what strong enough means, uh, we would kind of we would kind of discuss this topic as what we would title like the bell curve of applicability. So, uh, and we alluded to it a little bit earlier. Uh, your things that are going to influence uh, strength numbers and uh, kind of where your numbers lie in relation to. So, for example, like I alluded to earlier, the front squat. Um, and the big one is, is age and training age. And so typically, let's just use an example, uh, your front squat, basing everything off the front squat. And we suggest that if you want to be competitive in the sport of fitness, that your clean and jerk should be approximately 90% of your front squat. That's fine and dandy. And that applies to a large portion of the population that competes in the sport of fitness. However, there's two extremes that it doesn't really work for. And one is someone with an extremely low training age who hasn't had much exposure to the sport itself or weightlifting specifically. Um, and they just don't have much strength at all because they have no ex- experience with that. And, and the other person on the other far end of the spectrum would be a master's athlete. Um, and it's just, it's it's uncommon for, for someone who's say 55 years old or 60 years old is trying to compete in sport fitness to have a clean and jerk that's going to match 90 percent of their front squat it might but it just becomes less important right and there's other factors that play into that especially at that age when you start looking at someone who's 55 they may or may not have been doing 
uh, say CrossFit for a long time, but they have a lot of miles on their body already from various activities that they've done over the years, whatever that looks like. And so now you're looking at potentially old injuries that impact their training, whether it's positions or just movements that they simply can't do because of an old injury, structural limitations that just you're not really going to change. Like their ankles are only going to be so flexible. You're not really going to make them more flexible at age 55 or 60. You know what I mean? You're not going to get a lot more range of motion there. Your T-spine mobility, stuff like that, right? That, That obviously plays into that. And that affects those numbers. And then the true expression of strength that they can, uh, well, that they can express relative to, say, their front squat, if that's what we're using to compare it to. I think I think adaptation is possible at any age, any training age even. It's just you're trying to get stronger while your body is biologically in decline, mm-hmm. right? So if your adaptation in a positive direction is at the exact same rate as your bio, biological decline then you're staying the same yeah right if you are someone who's a low training age but is in that master's category right like the adaptation will happen but it'll just take a lot longer Mm -hmm. than someone who is young and has a low training age yeah right so it'll just it'll it'll go in the right direction you will get stronger everyone can get stronger um but just a matter of how long it takes and how hard you have to work to even just maintain your strength as you come off that peak, right? Because it happens to everybody, so. All right, and that's it for today's podcast, guys. Thanks a lot for listening.